Hi, my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell. I produce the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings and the Bias Plus Reports. And this is Ben and Barry on football. Hello out there. This is Ben Dickerson, your co-host. Barry, tell me something, man. There's so much happening this offseason with uh, player acquisitions, trades, uh, uh, a great draft, um, major name players going from one team to another for whatever reason, teams with salary cap issues having to make moves, blah, blah, blah. It seems to be making the beginning of the season seem even farther away. It's even it's, it's harder waiting for the beginning of the season to start. It's just so much. I want to see all these different players and all these different teams and, and, and the difference that they make wherever they go or from the team that they left from. I, I, my anticipation for the season is off the charts right now. It's so bad. I'm playing fantasy women's basketball. Yes, ESPN has WNBA fantasy. Yes, yes. WNBA, you know. Yeah, I have six teams. I'm in first place in all of them. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Who's your top scorer? This um, Ryan Howard, who's a rookie, I believe. Ryan Howard, uh, team. Ryan, you said Ryan? Yes, Ryan. Ryan is a girl. Yes, R H Y N E. I think is how she pronounces her, okay. uh, her name. She's awesome. Ryan, had, who's she play for? Oh. Uh, off the top of my man, I just look at players. I don't even look at teams. Okay, okay. I just look okay. at players. I look at players and stats. Of fantasy. <laughs> players and stats. I could care less who, what team she's on. I just try to win. I'm just winning games. Now, now the people that are in your fantasy league are they mainly women? It's a mix. It is a mix, eh? It's a mix of men and women, yes. Women and fans. Is is Desi, Desiree? Is she no, is she, she <laughs> doesn't join you? No. <laughs> if I if I challenged her, she'd probably start, but she's not really in the WNBA like I am. You, you know, I'm gonna tell you, um I grew up mainly focused on pro football, pro sports. You had the, you know, and you and your dad and everything had the co-college thing as a part of what you were, you know, looking at early on. Um, and, you know, we actually played in a rough touch league and you coach a flag league. But now we have other leagues that are popping up that are pro. So you have your WNBA, you have your XFL coming, you got your fan controlled football now. You have your USFL. So I'm seeing different levels of athleticisms and, you know, playing the same sport. You know what I mean? It's like if you go to a flag tournament, you get to watch the little kids, the bigger kids, the grownups, and you actually do the older guys. Women, co-ed. Yeah, so you see the difference in the physicality. And the, this one girl I saw playing flag, she had running sideways down to like a science. <laughs> it's important. Spin moves, turn your hips. That's a big part of the game. You see what I'm saying? But 
Um, I think what really is, is bringing it to me is the USFL. Because, yeah, but I can see the difference. Yes. It, it occurred to me kind of humorously, like, you wouldn't want to be the last place team in the USFL. <laughs> no. Much less, I, I hear that the um, the fan-controlled football, now you know about fan-controlled football leagues? Not really. I know T.O.'s playing. Yes, well, apparently he was playing with Johnny Manziel. About a week or two ago, Johnny actually threw him a touchdown. It was all of maybe three yards or something like that, but okay. it made the headlines, you know, T.O. scores from Johnny Manziel. It's on our page. Uh, ben and Barry on football on Facebook. But apparently they were not winning. So okay. they traded T.O. And they won their first game. <laughs> the team that Manziel, Manziel still didn't get rid of T.O. and they win. <laughs> but they didn't trade T.O. for a quarterback? They I don't know what they traded him for. They stuck with whatever Johnny. it was, Johnny Manziel was still the, the quarterback and they won the game. They won their game. So, but, you know, so I'm looking at these guys on the USFL and I'm trying to see who looks to me like they're NFL ready. Right. And that's where I'm having a challenge, you know, because I guess with everybody being around the same level, you, I guess I'm looking for something that's really like popping out. Like you were saying about the girl, Ryan, like she's like apparently scoring heads and shoulders over everybody. I don't know who that is in the NFL and the USFL. Okay. I don't know who that is. That I'm going to have to look a little bit closer. Um, but the game is beginning to draw me in. I don't watch them live, but I do catch the replays. Um, I think I watched uh the Philly Stars against the Birmingham Stallions the other night. The Stallions look pretty good. Uh the the difference I see between USFL players and NFL players is probably USFL play uh, line play is a little weaker. D line and O line play is a little weaker. There's no standout, you know what I mean? Uh, offensive lines that have tremendous rushers. I don't know if it's the backs or if it's the line, but at first glance, I would blame it on the offensive line. Those guys don't seem to be as skilled. I could be wrong. I'm going to look at some more games and see if I can narrow it down a little bit. But that's what I noticed first, you know, right away. Yeah. Um, the USFL... I was thinking about them in terms of the draft. Mm. Like, think of, let's take one person, your, your man, Thibodeau, right? Right. He's coming out of college, but he's NFL level. Right. He's not USFL level. Right. You know, that's got to be difficult. And then you start adding in the um, international aspect. Now, I don't know what it was like early on in the NFL, a hundred years ago, everybody was an immigrant. So I'm sure the names were all like complicated. Yes. But my poor spell checker is going crazy <laughs> with all these names. 
So, and there's a lot of, you know, you have a lot of names, you know, Nigerian and African and, and stuff like that. So the competition, I mean, you know, I talked to our boy, um, I didn't talk to him. I talked to our, Corey's dad, you know, and I'm looking for Corey to see, you know, where he's at or if he's really going to be out there and competing for a position. Right. You know, he's got his tenure now. So I don't know if he's ready to go out there against these hungry young guys coming in, you know, and still fight for it, man. We have to see, you know, hopefully he has some better options, you know, but um, man, it's, there's a lot going on at all levels. As a matter of fact, on our page, there you go. I mentioned you might be looking for some talent. So you got some girls flag football champions right here in the Philadelphia area. Lansdale Catholic 2022 Eagles girls flag football champions. They're all from the same high school. Uh, it says Lansdale Catholic. Okay. So you got some champions right here in the area in case you need to buck up your uh well they're not old enough to play for you guys are they you got you got the 18 they only gotta be 18. but you the, i'm talking about the team you coach well you well that's right well you're talking about why would i want girls in my team because when you i'm talking about when you travel you have the uh like the 35 and over guys right not anymore oh no what are you talking about if i want to start a girls team is that what you're saying I'm, I'm saying, you know, if they're good enough, they come play with you, boys. On the men's team? Bro, don't do that. <laughs> That's why they have a co-ed division. Co-ed division? It's a co-ed division. It's a division where you have to have, you can have as many girls on team as you want as long as a girl plays, at least one girl is on the field a certain number of plays during each series. Are you serious? Yes. Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Men's leagues, his, hers, and theirs, eh? His, <laughs> hers, and everybody's, yeah. And everybody's. I didn't know that. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. All right. Um, well, before we move on into what we're going to talk about, we have a, an interesting show today. We're going to talk a little bit about the strength of schedule that came out. Um, and I don't know how you feel about strength of schedules, you know. It, it, but we, we kind of talked about it in reference to uh, what the teams were versus what they are, you know? So we, we're going to look at it relative to that. Um, just, just the home and away list, okay? We're going to, not, not the actual schedules, but at each team, what they're going to have to do home and away. And then we have a number of other things that are of high interest um, on our page that we'll take a quick look at, all right? Got it. Before we go to that, I know your sixes are not in it, but are you still into the NBA playoffs? Yes, I've already picked the Boston Celtics to advance over the Miami Heat. And I was liking Dallas, but they took a bad one last night. They had a nice lead. And then third quarter, fourth quarter, they kind of fell apart. You know, um, it'd be tough for them because they really lean heavily on Luka. And uh, when it, when when Golden State starts throwing up a box in one zone defense just to stop this guy, it tells you the amount of respect they have for the rest of the team. 
Brunson's been doing his thing, but those other guys got to step up. But I feel good about Boston. I mentioned something in the um, Golden State game one where the third quarter, all I said was, you know, Golden State had a great third quarter and Mavericks didn't, <laughs> you know. And everybody, and I started getting hit by like, like, well, they always have a good third quarter. Where's Ron, my, our boy Ronnie, you know, they always have a good third Actually, he's kind of right with that. Uh, if there's one team that comes back after halftime and really turns it on right away, it is Golden State. And that's what they did last night. Yeah, yeah. They I mean, had the propensity to do that. The question is, is that was that historic? Because I mean, that was a really big lead, uh deficit. They were facing. Uh, I don't know if it was historic, but it was monumental. I mean, they really, they really came out on fire. If there's and, a team that can dig their way out of that, Golden State is the team because of the way they shoot the three right, pointers. I mean, every. Right. You know, every shot is now, you know, potentially a four-point shot. <laughs> right. The thing is, the other team should know that. If we know that, you know they know that. That's analytics, you know. So that means when you come out of halftime, you have to be prepared to defend the three-point shot. And I understand that that Poole and Curry, if you come up high to defend the three-point shot, that they can drive past you. I get it. But I'd rather have that and maybe somebody come over and, and help out than just give them open threes. You just can't – you cannot let them get uncontested three-point shots. Can't do it. When it's in transition, it's really hard because they're spread across the whole floor. as everybody Yes, does. and they will pull up. They will pull They'll up pull and bang. Up and shoot that mug. Yeah. And then also just – and not to be – cynical but you know as you were saying that it's just like yeah it's easier said than done because curry will just he doesn't give up his dribble fast that's one no. of the great things about curry he will hold on to his dribble which means as soon as you step wrong he'll take advantage of it and he'll fire that ball from three and get it up quick and get it up quick yeah yeah i mean it's he's absolutely amazing so um yeah yeah that this is a an interesting um combination of shooting capabilities but you know then who can play better defense is always going to be the next question you know and then you go down so you say the celtics man talk about shooting threes can you imagine if the celtics and and and, and the gold and golden state are in this championship <laughs> i know it's going to be a three-point fest you know you know those you know those graphics where they show the little spots where they shoot from? One's green, one's red if they make it. Right. Can you imagine what that's going to look like around the A whole bridge? bunch of green. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Although, yeah. I will say, um, teams with size have given Golden State trouble. And Boston does have size. So, you know. Even if they come back in this next game against Miami and don't shoot the three as well as they did in this past game, I think they'll still beat them. You think the Celtics will beat Golden State? No, we'll beat Miami. Miami, okay. Yes. Miami might have one win left in them. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm just I'm just looking sort of dispassionately trying to enjoy. The basketball of it, you know, between the two, but I'm, and then I see these blowouts, you know what I mean? 
It's like I'm waiting to see. Because, you know, I always say the last four minutes of a game are usually like the best part because everybody gets focused, you know, coming. When you're now 30, people that are getting focused are the guys that are coming off the bench. <laughs> right. 15, 14, 13, 12, or whatever. <laughs> they all focused trying to get on the scoreboard. So, all right. Um, who's playing tonight? I believe Miami's playing tonight. Boston, Miami should be tonight. And they're back in Boston. Back in Boston. For game three. Yeah. Miami's going to be hard-pressed to win that game. They really are. I'm not going to say they can't. You know, you're always one hot night of, of Tyler Hero away from getting beat, but he seems to be a little, uh, I don't know. He didn't put up that many shots in game two. Guy like him's got to put up shots. That's the only way he, he can't. He's If he scores 12, 16, that's not enough for them to win. That besides that, they got Jimmy's got to score 30 every night. Also, that the fact that um Boston played as well as they did without Horford and Smart in the first game, and then Horford and Smart come back, and it's like, ew, Jimmy. Yeah. Smart is so savvy. He's such a baller. <laughs> He's all over the place, hands everywhere, will shoot the ball, you know. Well, Pat, making some nice, some really nice passes. He made one. I mean, the ball barely got to him. He just kind of needed put that thing around there. Good passes and tough defense. Yeah, yeah. So He won't has, shoot the three like that every night. No, no, not every night. Uh-uh. He, yeah, he got hot. You know, but um, – yeah, just a savvy, you know, ball guy out there on the floor, you know, right. defense and offense. All right. Let's go to let's go to the first thing we want to talk about. Pause. All right, here we go. I see it was Ronnie Lott's birthday. Did you sit in front of your jersey and uh, sing happy birthday to your man? <laughs> Get a little cupcake and blow out a candle for you. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. Uh, I had to post it on the, on the page. <laughs> all right, let's getting back to, all right, Benny. So first thing we're going to talk about is strength of schedule. We have the information on our Ben and Barry on Football Facebook page. Um, when I went to the article, first thing is the team with the combined highest strength of schedule that they have to play against is the Rams. And I guess if you win the As Super it should be. I'm thinking if you win the Super Bowl, okay. But then the Cardinals come in second. Um, and then the Bengals. So you got one, two, and three. Now, again, we this is based on last year's win percentage. 
So just keeping that in mind, um, you know, we had mentioned how the teams are going to be changed. So how much this is really apropos, I don't know. But let's continue to scroll down. We see the Buccaneers uh, in fourth. 49ers right behind the Buccaneers, tied with the Chiefs. I thought that was interesting. Now, now let me let me say something real quick. If you notice in that, what is that, top five, you have three or four NFC West teams. There's your problem right there. And depending on which division they drew for their, you know, drew in for uh, whatever AFC teams that they drew, that's what gives them the tough schedule. They're already in a tough division. So that's six tough games, uh, two, four, six, eight. That's six tough games right there. Great point. Great point. Yeah, yeah. And I guess next year is going to be like that in the AFC West. <laughs> if it isn't already. If it isn't already. We just look, we already did. Look, Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers. Look at <laughs> top 10. That's That's what makes it tough. Oh my goodness! Now you, how the Saints and the Falcons get slipped in there, over, over with, with a tougher strength of schedule, it, it, the Chargers. It, but you know something, the Chargers, the Chargers were really good. But I don't. They, what was their um, actual home win loss record last year? I think they were close to five hundred, weren't they? No, they were over five hundred. I'm sure. Yeah, over five hundred, but I don't think they were far over it. Perhaps. Anywho, Chargers, Seahawks, there's the Seahawks, the last portion of the NFC West, and then the Steelers tied with the Panthers. Strange bedfellows. Oh, three-way tie with your Bills. Three, so that's like 11, 12, 13, 14. So that's the, you're almost halfway through, and then 15 is the Broncos at 509. Right. So, again, when you're looking at this top 15 or 16 teams of toughest schedules, the first thing you want to make note of is how tough is the division. The second thing you want to make note of is which AFC teams did they draw? Which division in the AFC did they draw? You know, if you're in a tough division and then you draw the AFC West, you're going to want to, you're going to have one hell of a season. <laughs> You, you're going to be up against it every week. No doubt. No doubt. 16 Patriots and right smack dab in the middle. Jets and the Browns tied at 0.495. So now these teams are playing teams who had basically lost more, more than half their games. Okay. Uh, so you got the tie at 17, so that takes you through 18. 19 is the Texans. The Texans pull a stronger um, strength of schedule than the Vikings, the Dolphins, and the Packers. How did that happen? Well, the NFC, what were they, NFC North? Packers, yeah. What are you looking at, Vikings, Bears? Eh. Lions. Eh. The Ravens look like they they uh 
I don't know how they they didn't they have a pretty good schedule that they do last year. I for the Ravens to be for the Ravens to be that low, and the Bengals to be where they are, tells me that the Ravens drew a weaker AFC schedule, a, a weaker NFC schedule. Okay, 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 okay. So weird, so weird. Bears, Titans. Jaguars, Colts, Lions. All, all these teams deserve a weaker schedule, except for the Cowboys. The Cowboys lucked up. With the weakest schedule in the league tied with the Commanders. So the Cowboys Super Bowl window is open about that much. They don't get it done this year. They're not going to get it done. Hey, Ben. Could it be that they, the bottom four are all in the NFC least? <laughs> exactly. 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 Holy mackerel. Look at that. Exactly. Look at that. But on the NFC level, that favors who? Out of that division, you think more? Cowboys. Cowboys. Yes, <laughs> with the eagles, with the eagles right on their tails. Man, that is absolutely banana. Excuse me, bananas. Um, to see that strength of schedule, like that. All right, we're going to get ready to jump over to the next portion, where we are going to look at just the list of home and away games. Now, this is on uh, cbssports.com, and they're talking about the scheduling formula. And I know you, you've kind of mentioned this mm -hmm. a few times, and you talk about who plays who, like how many times this NFC teams will play the NFC from a distant division, and you, you kind of know all of that. We'll take a quick look here. So the home and away against is three division opponents, right? Right. So that's six games out of the 17. The four teams from another division within its conference on a rotating three-year cycle. Right. Okay. The four teams from a division in the other conference on a rotating four-year, four-year cycle. Right. Because there's four divisions. Okay, right, 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 right. Four divisions. So each year you'll pull a different division from the AFC. Wow. And two interconference games based on the prior year's standings. These games match a first place team against the first place teams in the two same conference divisions that the team I think that's great. Not scheduled to play that season. I think that's great. That's where you start to get your intriguing games, your cross cross conference intriguing games. And your potential Super Bowl matchups. Those are the, those are those games. The second place, third place, and fourth place teams in the conference are matched in the same way each year. That's cool. So the first place team plays against the first place team in the two same conference divisions that the team is not scheduled to play that season. Same conference. Okay. 
One interconference game based on the prior year standing on a rotating four year cycle, one game. These games match the first place team for one division against the first place team in the opposite conference that division. Conference division, right. That the team is not scheduled to play that season. Second, third, fourth place matched in the same way each year. So rotating four years. I think that's a great formula. The NFL is really, they've worked hard on this, I'm sure. And this is a really great formula. To, to, to make great matchups. 2022 season will kick off Thursday, September 8th and run through week 18, which will be played on January 8th, 2023. Uh, 2022 NFL season will conclude on February 12th at State Farm Stadium in Phoenix, where the NFC champion and AFC champion will meet in Super Bowl, was that 57? Uh, no, I think five, six, seven, fifty-seven. Yeah, man, somebody's getting old. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't hit when we hit a hundred Super Bowls. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine fifty-seventh Super Bowl? And I've seen them all. And you know, they, they, I always say I'm always so. I don't know, surprised when they start to talk about football history because it's right. so old of a sport. <laughs> you know what I mean? You go back to the leather helmet days, you're going back 100 years. Yeah. It's like, you know, we're barely coming out of the Civil War and these guys are lying <laughs> to play football. And so we're past a half a hundred Super Bowls. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's start off with looking at the Patriots. The Patriots are going to be home against the Bills, Dolphins, Jets, Ravens, Bengals, Colts, Bears, and Lions. Woo! I don't know, Patriots. <laughs> They're going to be away against the Bills, Jets, Dolphins. And say so those are, you know, those are all in the division. But the Browns, Steelers, Raiders, Packers, Vikings, and Cardinals. Right. So what that tells you is, let me see, Bears, Lions, Packers. So in the NFC, they drew the NFC North as their cross-conference games. Okay. Could have been worse. <laughs> they actually got a pretty good draw there. All right. Let's look at the Dolphins again. Just like in uh, with the Patriots, you got your home and away. Right, right. same division, practically the same games. Right. Um, home, okay. Browns, Steelers, Texans, Vikings, and Packers. Going away against the Bengals, Ravens, Chargers, Bears, Lions, and 49ers. So that means that the prodigal son head coach for the dolphins comes home <laughs> we can see what wizardry he uh was, he was trying to or he was putting out for against the niners and now he's going to have all of that speed and everything so that should be interesting but um that's the dolphins anything more on the dolphins no it's pretty pretty much the same yeah, because, you know, look you at, look at the teams in the, the same division, they're all going to play the same division games. 
they're all going to play the same cross conference games. It's just a matter of who's home and who's away. Uh, what becomes interesting is those other AFC games. Uh, let me see. Like the Bills, they got the Ravens and the Bengals. Two toughies. The Jets got the Broncos. <laughs> the Bills. The Bills have to go look at the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Bengals in three. Well, well, I don't know three straight weeks, but as they should. That's great. Yeah, those those are their conference games, non-divisional conference games. Those that's wonderful. As far as I'm concerned, the Bills are 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 primed and ready to go all the way. And if they get through this schedule, there's nothing going to stop them. All right, I hear you, Bills Mafia Junior. <laughs> AFC North, Ravens, Bengals, Steelers, Browns. Okay, so we see firstly all the interdivision games um, through to the Steelers, so we expect that. Then the Ravens have the Ravens are home against the Bills, Dolphins, Broncos, Falcons, and Panthers. Mm-hmm. And away against the Patriots, Jets, Jaguars, Saints, Buccaneers, and Giants. Right. So basically, they're the opposite of the AFC East. Uh, oh, no, wait. What am I saying? So in conference, Bengals, Bills, Steelers. Uh, in conference, out of division, they get the Bills and the Dolphins and the Broncos. Not bad. We'll you know, when, when you look at this, these lists and these matchups with preconceived notions, you, you could think, oh, they should be able to, you know, Ravens' schedule really didn't look that tough. Uh, we just did the uh, strength of schedule. Right. I have it up on my other computer. Cross-conference looks like they got the NFC South. So they kind of made out. We're talking Falcons, Panthers. Right. Saints, right. Bucks. So that's not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. Ravens Broncos should be an interesting game. No. All the Broncos games are going to be interesting, man, because <laughs> everybody's waiting to see what Russell Wilson's going to do. Can he get these guys going? Just they already have pretty good. those two quarterbacks in, in the same in that matchup, you know. Oh, Lamar and Russell? Yeah, you know. So well, Lamar's got some work to do. People are a little down on Lamar, just a little bit. Yeah, and it's it's uh, making his value, contract value, kind of questionable. And he hasn't signed yet. He hasn't signed yet. And let me ask you this. Knowing what the Browns paid Deshaun. Right. Would you, would you, do you think that the Ravens should pay at least that? To Lamar? Well, evidently they haven't offered it or he had taken it. <laughs> so he's probably going to, I would say he's probably going to bet on himself and play out the season. Try to make a lot of noise. Okay. Try to earn it. Okay. Which I can't be mad at him for that. Just got to stay healthy. Yeah, just got to stay healthy. Got to learn how to use that pocket. I'll tell you. All right. Next up, we have, did we finish with this division here? Um, 
Well, let me look at their conference games that are not in their division. Bengals get the NFC South, but in conference, it looks like they got the uh, – oh, they didn't do too bad. Titans, Jets, Patriots, they're cool. Bengals, this, this schedule's not that bad if you ask me. The Bengals schedule. Yeah, the Bengals schedule isn't that bad. Their Did toughest you? games are going to be um, in division. Okay, okay. Besides the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. Buccaneers and Cowboys, those will be good games. Steelers uh-huh. made out pretty good. Again, when you draw the NFC South, you don't have a whole lot to worry about, except for the Bengals, uh, except for the Buccaneers. You know, I was just thinking, you know, about your your theory about, uh, you know, people have said it, traveling from one coast to the other, you know. From oh, the- yeah. Right. But when you have teams like the Bengals who are mid-country, they don't have that problem. Exactly. And then <laughs> they draw the, the NFC South. They really don't have that problem. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm looking at this. They'd never go to the West Coast. Never. They have no West Coast games. Zero. Wow. Ravens, Browns, Steelers, Patriots, Jets, Titans, Saints, Buccaneers, Cowboys. They never have to go to the West Coast. How great is that? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, well, the Steelers. Let's see. The Steelers. Uh, they don't go either. About the further the Browns go, looks like it's the Texans in Houston. Right. Wow. No West Coast trips for this division. Wow. How about that? Interesting. Interesting. All right. Let's look at the AFC South. We have Texans, Colts, Titans, and Jaguars. Okay. So we have all the division games in the first three games there. Right. Not, Not a daunting division. Texans get... Browns, Chiefs, Chargers, Eagles, and Washington at home, and the Broncos, Dolphins, Raiders, Bears, Cowboys, and Giants away. Right. So it looks like everybody in the AFC South drew the NFC East. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) If Texas is going to have a bounce-back season, this would be it. (laughs) (laughs) This would be it. Although, I must say, Eagles-Cowboys are not going to be a pushover this year. If the Eagles come to town, you, you might be in trouble, Texans. Not to mention you got the Chargers and the Chiefs in conference, out of division. Couldn't get much worse than that. Oh, I take that back, Texans. Sorry. Another down year. <laughs> oh, God, they got the Dolphins and the Raiders, too. Woo. Oh, sorry, lovey. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's lovey's first year. He's, he'll he'll be all right. Oh, he'll survive his first year, I'm I, sure. I, I am very intrigued by their quarterback, though. Oh, uh, 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 Davis Mills. Yeah. I like Davis Mills. I'm very yeah. intrigued. Listen, as far as I'm concerned, Davis Mills is an NFL quarterback. He may not be elite. He may not even be middle of the road, but he's an NFL quarterback. They believe in him. Uh, they went out in the draft and they got some offensive linemen for him. 
They gave him some targets. Davis Mills might make it. I, you know, his I don't schedule see, ain't looking great. Yeah, I, you know, I've seen him play pretty well. You know, I like it when the ball comes out of his hands. It looks good. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, but he's got some bad D lines coming at him. Woo. When you say bad, you mean like I mean bad. bad. Like, when I say bad, bad, I mean good. Like dangerous <laughs> bad. I don't mean bad like bad. I mean bad like good. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, Sorry, Colts. Colts have Maddie Statue Ice Ryan. Now, you know, to me Maddie Statue Ice is better than Carson. Turnover Wentz. I don't know. Again, statistically, he had a good turnover year last year. He did. He just no. coughed him up. He coughed him up in the biggest games. Again, cars. It wasn't the number of turnovers. It was when they happened. The, 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 the magic mind farts that we talk about. But and, and it's amazing to me that statistics was that good. Yes, he had those times. But those times were enough for his coach to go, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> really? Like, yeah. even though statistically he played so well, you pretty much still said, nah. Yeah, when you look at the season overall and look at his numbers, you go, wow, he improved from the year before. But when you look at the turnovers he had and the mistakes that he made and when he made them, you know, Big like time he, players make. They didn't think that he could make that game. next step where he could become more efficient. You know what I mean? They, they didn't see it. Number one, he turned up small in the big games. Number two, what's been following him since the Eagles? He's not a great teammate. Well, that that has been following him. But that could have the only thing about the playoffs that I won't, especially that last game that I, I, I give him a little bit of favor is they shut the run down. They got their run shut down. And it was one thing the Colts, you figured that they could depend on was their run game. Right. But they brought him there to make up for any deficiencies. You know what I mean? No, you're right. You're right. They didn't ask much of him. If our run game is our main thing, if this is what we live on, then you have to, when we get in games where that could happen, you have to pull us through. And he wasn't able to pull him through. Yeah, man. But your run game can't fail you in the playoff. Like, it happens. Yeah. It, it, Teams load up. Well, then it's okay. All right. Bottom line is. When they load up, you got to make them pay through the air. Or you got to be able to beat that load up. Nah, not too many people. Derrick Henry don't beat the load up too often. <laughs> All right, let's move to the next division, the AFC West, the vaunted AFC West. Oh, who everybody's saying looks like the, the the division now, the division, taking over where the NFC West was. You got the Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, and Chiefs. So your first three games are all those division games, back and forth, home and away. And then Broncos have to go see well, no, the Broncos Bro. will host the Texans, Colts, Jets, Cardinals, and 49ers. This is beautiful. This is what you dream of. <laughs> Who do we talk about as the best divisions? AFC West, NFC West. Who does the AFC West get? 
NFC West. West. Yeah, okay. Oh, <laughs> this is great. Cardinals, 49ers, Seahawks. Oh, my goodness. Rams versus Raiders, Chargers, Broncos. Oh, this is wonderful. Not to mention your division games. Holy smokes. Whoever comes out of AFC West is going to earn it, baby. <laughs> They're going to earn it. You got a point there. You definitely have a point there when you look at it like that, man. And I'll tell you what, each of these teams is improved from the year before. Every single one of them. Okay. Probably the, fans, the only one that you might question a little bit would be the Chiefs. Probably, yes. Because I think their receiver course is hurting a little bit. And that's big for them. That's big for an Andy Reid team that goes through the air as much as they do. But I know some Broncos fans that are dying to see what Russell can do with these guys. And they got a solid run game. And the defense is solid. I like the Chargers. They've improved on defense, which was their downfall last year. The Raiders look incredible. Skill position players all over the doggone place. Yeah, like the one they stole from Green Bay. Oh, that's that's number one. Number one. And we're talking Derek Carr coming off one of his better seasons, too. That's crazy. That's crazy. Anybody can come out of this division. We might have two or three teams make the playoffs out of this division. But it will not be easy. I was going to say, or not, because it won't be easy. Right. You're, lost You're right. You're right. We're talking Niners, Rams. Those <laughs> those won't be easy games. Those will be Super Bowl, potential Super Bowl matchup games there. Man, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. This is the divisional matchup situation to watch right here. Well, maybe not. Let's take a look at the next group. Oh. <laughs> He said, oh, <laughs> I don't know. Could be some surprises here. Possibly. The NFC East, Washington Giants, Cowboys, and Eagles. You notice that um, they just call them Washington now. They, <laughs> they don't even try to say commanders. Come on, commanders. I like commanders. Everybody else has their. Has it's their growing team. on me. It's growing on me. You know why? Because, you know, the Cleveland Indians had to change their name. So now they're the Cleveland Guardians. Oh, are they real? That doesn't even sound right at all. God, jeez. So I like Commanders better, so I'm going to go with Commanders. All that money, and they come up with these corny names. It's amazing. Anywho, so you have your division games, and then Washington gets to see the, looks like the NFC Central. Packers, Vikings. They see oh, the that's South. their yes. This that's their out of out of uh, out of division in conference games, which is not too bad. Their Look out of conference games. AFC games. Looks like they drew. What the heck is going on here? I see. Oh, they drew the AFC South. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Looks like they but, but they got a couple of AFC Central teams in. Uh, I'm sorry, there's no AFC Central, is it? AFC North teams, Browns, 
Yeah, they threw real. This is a real hodgepodge. This is a real hodgepodge schedule here. Yeah, they got AFC South: Titans, Texans, Falcons, Saints. Yeah. Saints? Are Saints on there? And that's NFC. I'm I'm getting blurry. Yeah, Titans, Jack, uh, Jaguars, Texas. Not bad. This is why they were at the bottom of this strength of schedule. This is why they're at the bottom. Yeah. So these four teams all have a chance to have good records, where in the past two seasons, all four teams had probably the worst records in the entire league. Remember we were saying teams are going to make the uh, playoffs with seven wins? This is the season where it looks like everybody's got a shot. Almost there. Not everybody. Almost everybody has a shot at 10 wins plus. Cowboys, Eagles definitely have a shot at 10 wins plus. Giants, Commanders, eh. We'll see. Maybe they'll get six. But definitely the Eagles and the Cowboys, this is your chance to really have a good season and go into playoffs strong. Well, Interesting. The strength of schedule favors them for sure. No doubt. Uh, uh, AFC West versus NFC West. You couldn't ask for anything more. This is great. And, and you know, I don't remember anybody put, pointing that out. It might have been pointed out somewhere in media, but that's I never really noticed that before. Uh, we're, we're going to really have to focus in on this this yeah. whole West versus West. Everybody's yeah. going to run around throwing up West signs or however they do. <laughs> so West, that's crazy. Is that what that is? I think so. I think that's it. I'm still trying to do the Spock thing. <laughs> oh, oh, that's easy. <laughs> All right. That was crazy. That was crazy. Okay, so we covered um, the strength of schedule. Then we covered the home and away games. We got a chance to see the the intermingling there of the strength of schedule versus the home and away scheduling. Man, that is an amazing thing to watch. All right. Next up, I had mentioned earlier that that we were going to sort of talk about the uh the money let's talk about the money here benny let's talk about the money let's talk about the money as we look at the top 10 contracts based on spot track aaron Rodgers they renegotiated his contract and made him the highest already yeah yeah this came out may 14th and they kind of did it real quiet. Yeah, well, you know, when you draft Jordan Love in the first round and then you figure out that Jordan Love is not the truth, but you don't want to let him go too quick because you wasted a first-round pick on him, so you're trying to save face. After a while, you, you realize that we're crap without Aaron. And he, he already gave him a scare. That he's gonna leave, so they had no choice. Next up, we have Deshaun Watson, which is like to me is bananas. Forty-six million, I think, pretty much all guaranteed money. Yeah. He got uh, uh, 
craziness. Patrick Mahomes in third place, 45 million, just a paltry million. A couple million down, you have Josh Allen. Derek Carr at number five, closing out at 40.5 million. Now, let me think again. Why I didn't want to play quarterback? <laughs> no, you wanted to be a backup quarterback, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. Best job. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Make a million dollars for 40 years instead of 40 million in one. <laughs> <laughs> if you could hang around for 40 seasons, bro, you, you would be doing really good. Coaching, baby. Coaching. Look. If if you could have pipeline, if you could make ten million a year, which is probably close. That was the magic number there. Remember, we said that was a magic number. Yeah, ten million a year as a base for a backup quarterback, a viable backup quarterback who could actually come in and finish a game if the starter went down, and you put together a fifteen-year career. How how would that be? Ten million a year for fifteen years, and then fifty million. Not bad, but right, not bad. Not bad, not bad. Especially if I came out completely unscathed. Yep. <laughs> I'll be like um, Ben Simmons. My back hurts. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's the ticket. My back hurts. Anywho, Derek Carr was number five. And then you have six tied with uh, two number six. All right, so that's how they did it. So I guess that's seven and eight. Dak and Matthew, 40 million apiece. So interesting. Russell took 35 million. And the last two, the and last two guys, the Look last who tied two, with. The last two guys are. A guy who worked the system, worked the franchise tag, and caught a team that was desperate. And, and the other guy was a guy who's still pretty young, who somehow got to a Super Bowl thanks to his team, not to his own skills. Okay, mister. <laughs> I can't, I, that, that's the way I see it. <laughs> All right, that's what I'm saying, okay. That's the way I see it. Look, you said man who worked work worked the system. And yeah. you know he's my hero when it comes to money. He worked the system, man. He bet on himself and it worked out for him, money-wise. Not win-wise, but money-wise. It's so funny because this is also on our page, man. Let me see if I can find this for you real. There you go. Here it is. <laughs> I just it's to me, it's hilarious. Um that's why you got to love Kurt. It's not just me, Benny. He now has a meme. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? That's his career record as a starter? <laughs> Holy crap. Career oh. earnings. $161 million, No, yeah. I can't even say this number. $161,600,000. $99,486. The model of mediocrity. And Ben, he probably has only spent $30. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he drive a Volkswagen? He, he was driving some kind of van. 
<laughs> you never stop. It's like, you yeah, know, go ahead, go ahead. It's 200 miles. No, go ahead and put new tires on. <laughs> oh my goodness, you gotta love that guy, boy. Hilarious, hilarious. Um had to mention, Benny, because you and I are both big fans of good morning football and oh, Kay Adams okay, is leaving. Bye -bye, Kay. Hey, Kay, what's up? How you doing that? I know Nate left. Oh, Nate's big time now. Nate took off. Bro, Nate took off like straight hand, bro. <laughs> <laughs> This guy's doing sports, news. He's everywhere. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Now, Benny, I want to jump to this real quick because this is something that I mentioned in the, in the sharing. Many motivational speakers use the original four-minute mile story. I should put story from a story to highlight that it was thought to be impossible until it was done. Right. And after that, numerous people broke it. Now right. a high schooler has broken it, and a whole new paradigm is now opening up. Right. I mean, they used to tell us that in trainings all the time. It's like, it's all in your mind. You can right. do it. He said that the guy that ran the four-minute mile, nobody thought that was possible. Right. They used to tell us that all the time. But a high schooler now? <laughs> the four-minute mile. Gee, Christmas. These, this is amazing, an amazing time. It absolutely is an amazing time. All right, Benny, just want to just give a couple uh, moments of uh, reflection. Ray Divinger passed. And uh, he's been the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, he's been a writer talking about the Eagles for years. And you know, I'm not sure if you're a big reader of was of Ray Dittinger. Um, Five-time Pennsylvania Sports Writer of the Year, named to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That I didn't know. Ray Dittinger's, yeah. Um, influential voice on the Eagles Hall of Fame Selection Committee. <laughs> Ray Dittinger retired. But yes, Ray Dittinger, uh Writer, he was on radio, uh, beat reporter, um, loved the Eagles, Philadelphia guy. Um, he actually wrote a book on the history of the Philadelphia Eagles. If you're an Eagles fan and you don't have that book, shame on you, okay? He has the entire, entire history of the Philadelphia Eagles franchise. Every important player, every important date, every important move, every important accomplishment that the Philadelphia Eagles made, Ray Dittinger was on top of it. And his insight, I listened to him on the radio a lot. His insight was tremendous. Really, really smart guy, really football savvy guy. He pretty much, I don't even remember hearing Ray Dittinger talk about any other sport. He was basically all football all the time. 
Wow. Wow. I had not heard this until we put up on I put up on our page. Magic Johnson reportedly oh, joined. Oh, yes. Johnson. They're trying to buy the Broncos. Yes. They're trying to buy the Broncos. Yeah, well, Josh Harris made enough of my money to get into another game. <laughs> Why not? All them six games I went to, me and my daughter, shoot. Taking yes. my money, you're gonna go buy the Broncos. Hey, why not? Magic is Magic has proved to be uh, a big time entrepreneur. Magic's making money hand over fist, and he knows his way around some business. And let's face it, the number one thing I heard this on TV the other day. The number one thing rich people would like to do is buy a sports franchise. Really? Yeah. Especially if you had something to do with that sport. This is perfect for Magic. You know, I think he's only got like a little piece of the Lakers. He has a, a small percentage of the Lakers. But if he can buy into the Broncos as a major owner, that'd be big for him. And now's the time to do it. You know, when I was doing some research um, and I'm looking at the different ownerships, when I got to the Dolphins, I'm starting to see partners listed. Gloria Estefan. Oh, yeah. The, the, the Serena and. Yep. They're all partners with the Dolphins. Yep. I'm like, holy mackerel. Yeah, the Dolphins have a good number of celebrity. Uh... I was surprised. Yeah, I was surprised at that. Um, all right, we're going to get ready to close this up in a few, but you want to buy a sports franchise, the XFL is getting ready to kick off next year. All of their games are going to be on ESPN and the Disney platforms. Now, when are they going to play? What time of the year? Starting in February, 2023, it says. Okay. So they're going to try to finish before the USFL starts. So we're going to have football all year long. As soon as the Super Bowl ends, XFL starts. By the time XFL gets ready to finish, USFL starts. USFL takes us through baseball season back into NFL. How crazy is that? USFL is going to take us into the NFL season. It should. I don't know how many games they play, but they're only like halfway through, right? Something like that. I have to double check on that. But that, right. you know, the, the, the interesting Working camp's already going. Some You were saying how you watch it on replay. Yeah. Because the only, the, the challenge with the USFL right now is they're up against the NBA playoffs. Right. That's why I watch it on replay, because they're playing while the other sports are playing. Yeah. yeah. But, um, Yeah. You'll, um, you'll have football to look at all year long if if you care to. You know, uh, our investment club uh, bought Disney recently. Now, everything's tanking right now, yeah, uh, including Disney. But when you're talking about content, man, Disney's got some content in their back pocket that uh, <laughs> people aren't yet accounting for, I believe. Especially if the XFL turns out to be 
um, successful. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Something that people want to watch. And like you said, you know, you have football now. Once you, when your football juices are running, you can still kind of, you know, find a little something, something that really, you know, helps you out there, gets you through to the next NFL season kicks off. All right. <sighs> Hate to end up on a sad note, but I did want to say kudos to the Buffalo Bills organization, especially those who participated as they came out to Buffalo yeah. scene of the horrific mass shooting uh, by a white supremacist. And apparently the team came out and truly um, supported the community, you know, in many ways and just tried to bring a little something, you know, positive to the people to, to add to their day. I believe today starts the funerals. Today is Saturday, uh, what, the 21st. So they started either today or yesterday. It might have been yesterday when they were starting to do the funerals. So <sighs> Buffalo Bills, interesting. Uh, emotional time for that whole area. Yeah, I don't want to get into the whole, you know, political shooting supremacist stuff. But what you have here is a relationship between a team and its fans that was already extraordinary. Bill's Mafia, you know what I mean? The Buffalo Bills have had some trying times in the not so far past. And their fans always stuck with them. And now that they're on the upswing, their fans are going crazy. (laughs) And, you know, they take every opportunity they can to give back to their fans. Now, this isn't something, I wouldn't consider this like a give back, but it shows support for the city and the people that live in the city, whether they're football fans or not, for them to immediately come out and show support like that to the families of uh, the people who who were uh, caught up in this thing, I think is a tremendous thing. And uh, yeah, they've always, that city loves that team. And that's all they've got. You know what I mean? They got that and they got hockey. They don't have a baseball team. (laughs) Hockey, eh? And their hockey team's not that good. Buffalo Sabres aren't that good. So, you know, that's a big deal. That's a team that loves this city, and that's a city that loves their team. All right. There you go. There you go. And that's your junior team, right? Or... I wouldn't call my junior team. They're my favorite AFC team. Okay. Uh, how you doing it now? Yeah. AFC team. They're my favorite AFC team, yes. Okay. All right. Just to keep it simple. My team is the New York Giants. I am a New York Giants fan through and through. Just had a discussion with a few Eagles fans. Um, no. Oh, I, had, I was talking to my brother. <laughs> my brother Donald, who is an Eagles diehard. And he says something along the lines of, I said, oh, he was saying the Giants will probably never win another Super Bowl. And I said, what are you basing that statement on? He's like, look at you never? now. 
That's what he said, never. I said, what are you basing that statement on? He said, look how bad you guys are now. And I said, what does that, do you know how long I've been saying, look how bad your team is now? And then you finally win a Super Bowl. And the only thing you can say to defend it is, what have you done lately? If I bring up the fact that I have four, you want to say, what have you done for me lately? When it took you almost longer than every other franchise in the entire NFL to finally win one. That's it. That's all you got for me. <laughs> I'm like, Bro, I hope we both hang on long enough to see the Giants win another one. You'll, you want to talk about never? You'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> never. I will call you every day just to remind you. Who won the Super Bowl, bro? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I you know, I guess we, we live in those households where the I, – I do anyway. The spouse is, you know, an Eagle fan. I'm a Niner fan, you know. So my favorite line is when I get into it with Eagles eyes, well, let me see. You have one. I have five. Took you 60 years. Based on your average time to get to a Super Bowl – to catch up with me is going to be another right. 240 years, assuming I don't win one. Right. <laughs> that time frame. So, right. We've already righted the ship more <laughs> times than you got your first one. You know, we went up, down, up, down, up, down. When you were down, a little up until uh, McNabb threw up. And, oh, they finally won one. Yay. <laughs> now so, now we stink and you're great you're great and you still haven't won anything since so i didn't even get out the division last year right nfc so they much made to the playoffs nfc east tom brady took care of that <laughs> oh yeah that's right yeah that was tough that was tough all right benny last words go nose and peach flavored corn liquor. Oh my goodness, you're gonna be worth nothing the rest of the afternoon. <laughs>